0: So, Kate. Yes, Emily. Of all the panelists we had that came to the festival at the beginning of June, there was one panelist that I—I'm not going to say there's one panelist I was most excited to meet because that's not really it's fair. not fair. Yeah, it's, it's not, not fair. fair, and it's not true to be honest. And I don't want to lie to you or to our listeners. Um, but there was one panelist that we had started a relationship with—a virtual a virtual relation. relationship with. <laughs> during the pandemic and the uh, two virtual festivals we did in 2020 and 2021 that really felt this person, I know it's gonna be a big spoiler <laughs> hey when <guys>. I finally <laughs> announced like a big reveal, um, had come into our lives and really became an important part of our lives through these two festivals. And we had yet to meet in person and then came to season 11 and that person was Robin Thede. Yes. Um,
1: today's release of the TV campfire is Robin Thede answers your questions about the industry as a side note, we wanted this to be Robin Thede has the answers for everything, but they thought that was misleading because she doesn't. (laughs) I still think, and Jennifer Morgan, our director of programming also thinks that she does have the answers about to everything, but you're hundred percent right. So our very first virtual festival, 2020, June, 2020 TV from the couch, um, the one and only uh, free on YouTube. We had very few panels that were live. We, mm-hmm. we recorded a lot of original content and whatnot, but obviously it was our first year doing anything live. And so we had, I think like three, the bold type Sherman showcase and showrunner state of the union. I believe that you're correct. Yeah. At the end of the day, we it. did yeah. our live Intros and hosting. Yep. But the actual live panels, those were it. And the showrunner State of the Union, it was our very first ever of this type. And we did it again. Um, the second virtual festival, and we will do them again because it was just it was amazing to have like five showrunners talking about the current state of showrunning. And in 2020, it was very unknown because everything had been shut down, everything else. I don't even know how we got her. Like, I feel like she was pitched to us from, oh, HBO. I was going to say, I feel like it had to come through HBO. Karen Jones at HBO, who I've also only met virtually and adore. <laughs> and Karen, you're probably not listening to this, but if you are, you're due a trip to Austin for margaritas, um, pitched her to us. And I had heard of a black lady sketch show, but I did not know who she was I'm so sorry. And she just like won our heart. She won that panel. She She was amazing. Literally like show ran the showrunners panel. It felt like, like, and she was fantastic. And she reached out afterwards and we, you know, she talked to other people in our lives. Like she just, she seems like a great mentor and Jack of all trades kind of a thing, obviously on black lady sketch show. It's her show. She's also an actress on it, like a performer on it, writer, director, like everything. Um, So when we redid Showrunner State of the Union in 2021, second virtual festival, we had her back. And she just was somebody that, again, it was all virtual, um, but participated on social media and like talked to us and engaged and promoted and participated, like all of the things that you want from somebody that comes to the festival. And so what I will say in terms of your thing about most excited to meet a panelist isn't true because we are excited to meet them all. She was someone leading into this festival and booking people that I wanted to make sure came. Yeah. That what I, obviously there is always reasons why people don't come. Oftentimes they're making great new television, best reason not to come to the festival, but she was somebody that we reached out to personally and made sure she knew she was invited. And that, it was very important to us that she could come if she could come, that she did. And she did three panels. I want to say this one and then two others. Yeah. She did one called a uh, comedy showrunners, and then one with the TV Academy, a yep. powerful TV panel. Um, and the couple days before the festival or the day the festival started, um, we got news that her show got picked up for season four. So there was also Celebration. Celebration. And it was, you know, it's Emmy voting time, which is very important. This is coming out. Hopefully we're, we are, spoiler alert, we're recording this before Emmy nominations have come out, but we're hoping she gets nominated again because they won last year. Um, And so this, hopefully she gets nominated again, wins again, all of the things. She just warms my, like seeing her in real life was just a very exciting moment.
0: It was (laughs) like, I feel like in that there are very... When I say very few people, there's only so many people we can meet during the weekend and have any time with. And I think that she was the person that was on both of our radars to be like, I have to find her. We know when she's going to be on panels, So getting to a panel before it goes on so that I can see her and meet her and have a moment. And it really was in walking up, there was no introduction it was just a (laughs) you hi we're real (laughs) we're in person and just uh, she she was also wearing an amazing orange jumpsuit on friday (laughs) she was she just i was obsessed yes on wear orange day
1: i know um no when i ran into her i was like i did the whole like i was going to introduce myself and she was just like hi yeah (laughs) oh i know hello she Uh, just she like buzzed in and out of everywhere and like the best way like I don't want to say like she owned the place because that sounds like entitled, but it was more just like so comfortable. Like she had no reservations about being where she was and taking the stage and doing this micro conversation, which is what we're releasing today. It's our second micro release, third release overall for the TV campfire, but is the smaller room. This was a conversation with her, Jacqueline Coley from Rotten Tomatoes moderates it and it just got to be her
0: telling all the secrets. How I know you, when you and Jen pitched this to her team Mm -hmm. for her to do this conversation, what was the pitch? Do you remember? (laughs) I actually, it's not a pit. What I think is really amazing about the micro
1: conversations this time, some of our micro conversations were feature length panels that didn't get enough people on them or had enough changes that we felt like they should just be micros. Other ones were people we approached that we felt the ideal for them, or at least a subsect of microprogramming was, I'm just going to give you a half hour. What do you want to talk about? Like, can you person have no actual pitch? Like, I'm not pitching you what you should talk about. Like, I'm going to give you 30 minutes and 30 people. Do you want a moderator? Do you just want to talk to people? Do you just want to take questions? It comes out of, for those that have been to the festival <laughs> a lot, Bo Williman, dear friend and advisory board member, Bo Williman, creator of House of Cards and the Um, first—I don't remember how he got this the first time. He is the I think he told us this. I
0: all I want is a mic in a room, and for some reason, we're like, we trust you. I know he's like
1: we always used to joke, and now micro will change that a little bit. But he would be the only person we would give a room and an hour to, and like not ask
0: any questions. It may have started because we do have a couple of panelists or advisory board members, people that we form relationships with where we do ask them, what do you want to talk about? You're coming. We want to form a panel around a conversation you want to have. What is that? And I think for Bo, he was like, just give me an hour slot. And for a while, he wouldn't even give us titles. We're like, no, we literally have to put a title down for yeah. what this is, and some sort of description. And so he would give us something very vague. It'll be death and fear and loathing and and love and <laughs> all of the things. And so the first time we did it, and attendees loved it. It's very also, I believe held the attendees and didn't let them leave, which is kind of a theme during the festival when panelists just decide they want to keep going. Yeah. Um, but we let him keep doing it. He could not be here this year, unfortunately. So we had to fill that void with a few other, but that was, I mean, I will say that uh, speaking for Jen,
1: part of it, what of micros inception was the handful of people we know that do this type of thing. The Bo Willemans, the Glenn Mazzara's that host interactive conversations on topics and, you kind of want to just give them a whiteboard <laughs> like 20 people and see what happens. That's where it all started. Glenn and Bo both could not come to the festival. And so we were just kind of searching for the people we could do that with this year. And what was a micro and became more feature length that we released first was the bill Lawrence Zach graph where they don't have a moderator and they get an hour. They got an hour. Um, But Robin felt like after two years virtual and watching her really lead these showrunner state of the unions, she felt like somebody that we could be vague with and let her say what she wanted to talk to, which I think you're very right with Bo in previous years. I think it was, we were pitching him lots of panels (laughs) and they weren't right for him and he couldn't sit on them. And finally it was, what do you want to talk about? Do you just want an hour? Here's a microphone, do whatever you want, (laughs) which again, very few people get from us, but he also comes and just supports us and yep. sometimes carries our shoes. Yes, he does
0: <laughs> in a delightful way. Fortunately, now I don't wear heels. That's what the uh, pandemic taught me. So there you go. There you go. We don't <laughs> need him to carry our shoes, but we can hang out with them. But we still need you, Bo. We, you still have to come yes, back. Yes, Bo mm-hmm.
1: needs to return. Um, so yeah, that's what this one was. And it was really exciting to see whether it was this version or um we have another one with. Adrian Palicki and Ariel Kebble. that's just the two of them talking about acting and building characters, or if it had more of a streamlined conversation like um, the new book adaption, Uh, the micro conversations we want to build on and we want to decide what works and what didn't. But ultimately I think something that really thrives at ATX Festival that we enjoy and I know sometimes it's hard for people that don't get in is these really small audiences. It's not meant just so everyone knows. There's a lot of reasons why we choose to put things in the size rooms that they are. And none of it is rarely. Is it that, Oh, well, this won't fill a bigger room. It's what is the experience that we want both the room and the panelists to have and we are trying to give, it doesn't always work, but we're trying to give a leg up to a really intimate and personal experience. And sometimes you can feel, feel that in a 1200 person theater. Like sometimes our reunions, I mean, lots of tears, mm-hmm. lots of like bonding and things like that. But sometimes there's conversations, whether it's one person, two, three in a room of 2030, 150, whatever it is that we're trying to give it the best possible chance of having a very authentic and personal reaction. And I think that was what we were trying this year. And we are excited to try even new different versions of that next year. Now seeing that this happened to work out. Yes. Yep. So with that, uh, this is our first sort of one- person, one-on-one kind of conversation to release like this, Robin Thede answers your questions about the industry and everything. <laughs> Hi! Yay! All right. I,
2: I, I literally- gotta do my fucking TikTok. I gotta do my TikTok. <laughs> you gotta do your TikTok. You gotta do your TikTok. I hate TikTok. TikTok. All right. <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah, but you're really good at it. You're Am really I? Yes. I follow your t All I t-top. do is make
3: up stupid songs.
2: Well, you know what's really yeah. funny is a person that oh feels- Oh, there's
3: high chairs
2: here.
3: <laughs> my entire vagina is going to be out.
2: <laughs> Nowhere
3: to put the Who did this?
2: <laughs> what man did this? Yeah. You want to put it up here? That way yeah, need- I can't reach that, Jacqueline. I <laughs> know. It's fine, I'll hold it. Dang, man, it's I'm fine. trying. It's fine, I'm going to chug okay. it
3: and throw it in the audience like a beach ball. <laughs>
2: Oh man, this is so great, because you've already just um, given everyone the reason why you're yeah. here. No, because you are such an incredible comedian. Like anything is the joke, and you already have us dying with laughter. <laughs> and that is the reason why folks keeps coming back to your comedy. That's the reason why we are now sitting on the fourth season, yeah. newly renewed, yeah. of the Black Lady Show it's just like infectious and i and i wanted to say this in the intro i didn't want to like tell all of your first it's like well okay well you're oh the God, first black woman head writer in late night yeah. first black woman well first of many black women to host your first late night show but definitely one of the four, one, one the of four. Yeah, yeah One of one five now. yeah one of five and then also the Six. only one that was doing it in the modern era in the like yeah, you know what i mean in the post true. in the post everything else that was going on era as we yeah. like to say and now you have the first all black female written, produced, acted. Directed. Directed. Not not totally produced by black not women. Not totally but produced, yeah. but um, everybody involved in the production yeah. is black women. Yes, everyone involved. Everyone involved true. in the production is black is women. True. And as crazy and remarkable it is that this was the first, it's incredible to see who you've assembled to come enlist with this, because there are people like, Quinta, who's doing her own thing now with Abbott. Absolutely. You're talking about Ashley, who's yeah. like, I don't know, already an Emmy winner when yeah, she came like, to the show. How many yeah. Emmys was she nominated for? Two, three shows. Eight. Yeah, like. Eight Emmy nominations. Yes, and no. then of course, just the show that you created. You created this playground for them, but. The thing that really, I think, struck me about Lady sketch show was you talking about your first day when y'all all walked in there. Yeah, and you saw wild. all that melanin, and it was just like rich yeah. with cocoa butter. <laughs> yeah.
3: It happens every season. Like, we have some new writers this season. I'm excited to see them start crying when they log on. So what is that like yeah. when,
2: when so many of us who are always the only yeah. become the every?
3: Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I think... Uh, Ashley Nicole Black, I, tell, I retell her story all the time because she has the greatest story about this, um, which is that, um, and forgive me if any of you heard this yesterday, but she came in and we started, so we all kind of go, oh wow, okay, right. Um, we're not doing sketches about like trauma or people like following us around a store or something. We're just doing things that like celebrate black women, right, and like, so we don't have to think about the gaze of anyone else or whatever. So we get through that and everybody's like, wow, this is really amazing. And then Ashley Nicole Black goes first. She, this is first season, so this is 2019. And she gives her first pitch and she starts and she goes, okay, so there's this singer named Patti LaBelle. She is like a big, and I was like, stop, stop. You don't have to do that. You don't have to explain the <laughs> Hattie LaBelle to us. And she goes, oh, sorry. Right? So Hattie LaBelle shows up every time this woman gets broken up with. And she won't leave until she sings On My Own with her. And I was like, great, go write it. Like, <laughs> You just save so much time not yeah. having to explain yourself, your entire race, the history of R&B music, and why something is funny. So yeah, so that's I think that, in a nutshell, kind of explains what we get to experience, which is really, really great. And the other thing is, like we still argue about stuff all the time. It's like, yes. no, that wasn't my experience. That wasn't was my experience, yeah. I was raised in the South. I was raised in Harlem, I was yeah. raised in wherever. So, you know, there's still such a blessing and a multitude of experiences and point of views. I think that's what's so cool about it too.
2: What I really loved is it took the most like high key hilarious beats that you will find, like I say in the Black Lady microcosm, which is the beauty shop and the nail shop. Yeah. And it just took all yeah. of that to like yeah. an insane degree. Like the Cause show... that was the
3: only place we had to talk about that stuff before, yeah. you know, or church. And so
2: when you're looking at the black female experience and you know you can literally highlight the, ma- the magnitude to the minutiae, yeah. what is sort of like the framework for what you look for what's gonna be a great black lady sketch show? Like, cause they all, have such a signature. First I just say I put too much
3: lotion on and I can't keep my legs together. <laughs> if you see me fidgeting, it's because this slick ass lotion that I got, <laughs> that I got from Issa, it's very special. <laughs> Prevents me from actually keeping my legs together. So, anyway, again. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Okay, so the framework. Yes.
2: What was the question? So, you know that you can do literally anything with black women. Literally. Yes. Anything yes. with black women. Black from, women, from, black men, aliens. Yeah, yeah space it doesn't matter. Trans folks, yeah. it doesn't matter. But basically, what I would consider the black experience, you yes. can have it in oh, any this facet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> On yes.
2: the screen, yes. what, how do you decide what makes a perfect sketch? Oh boy, gosh.
3: So for us, we, we only really have three kinds of sketches that we do. So we do character-based sketches, situation-based sketches, and concept-based sketches. So we know that that works. This is my seventh sketch show, the first one I created, but I got to learn from the greats, right? I got to do sketch shows with uh, David Allen Greer, Ted Danson, Jamie Foxx, Afian Crockett, all these amazing people. And I got to do sketches with Larry Wilmore and Jon Stewart and Chris Rock, and I wrote his for years. And like, so it's great because I got to take all of that knowledge, plus all of my knowledge as a fan of Sketch, and go, what feels right to tell our stories the best way? And we wanted it to feel like, me and my girlfriends talk about that, like Black Lady Courtroom, the way it has touched the Zeitgeist <laughs> um, is so incredible to me, and it's so cool, but it's like very relatable. People literally tweet me daily and show me their Black Lady, blah, blah, whatever yeah. that whatever <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. um, situation is, dentist's office, gynecologist, ERs, yeah. whatever it is. And then people tweeted at me like, they're like, oh my god, did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I saw all of them. They're really great. But uh, but That's they are you. great. But first, they are great.
2: First you know? line of your obituary. And she created No, listen,
3: listen, I can't take credit for that sketch. Ashley Nicole Black yeah. wrote the first one. I wrote the second one. I'll, I'll probably write the subsequent ones. But but um, no, I can't take credit for that idea. But, but that kind of relatability. So what makes a perfect sketch is what's going to touch us in that way, mm-hmm. and what's going to give us that. Um, that sort of feeling that it stays with you, yeah. and I want to leave people with a song or a catchphrase or What up on Three or Y'all Ain't Christian or CCC <laughs> or any of that stuff. Love leaving people with stuff they can use in their everyday life. Uh-huh. So in season four, I really want to focus like getting back to our roots of that kind of stuff. Because then we also do sketches where I'm like turning into a werewolf unless I sell a timeshare. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's really, really goofy sort of Monty Python, old, original, and living color kind of energy too. But I think in season four, I'm so excited to be able to like tap into those things that people get to take with them. I think it's a reward, right? Like last season, season three, I was really focused on giving people an answer to the end of the world storyline because you guys stayed with us for so long and mm-hmm. through a big pandemic. and. And I was like, okay, let's give some answers. And I didn't mean it to sound final. People, I think people thought season three was the last season because it, 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 was, felt kind of, it way. was kind yeah. of- It felt that way, But it wasn't, it was, it was, I was like, <laughs> I know we have a season four, but they don't just know yet. So anyway, it's announced, now we know. Um, people were like, oh good, I thought it was over. And I'm like, no, it's not over. But for me, it just opened up the possibility. Well, what is the world that would elect Dr. Hadassah? This is not a normal world yeah, yeah, in yeah, any yeah. way. Yeah. And then you notice that the characters started to meet each other, right? Octavia and Trinity (laughs) met from two separate sketches. So for me, the world just gets to morph and fold in on itself. And we get to really explore even more now that you guys have this encyclopedia of characters. Now we can add new, but we can also bring the old ones back and learn more about them three dimensionally. And that was always the point. So I think the perfect sketch allows us to have a zeitgeist moment, but also allows us to build three dimensional characters, which I don't see in black women on my television too much, especially not in sketch comedy.
2: That is the one thing I I noticed about season three is it really I felt like was the gateway for where you to take so much of the sketch show and syndicate it for what the show will be going forward because it almost feels like a half hour sitcom in the way that these characters are now going on a journey with us. And And, I
3: wanted to open that up and I wanted to give an answer about the end of the world so we could leave it be and mm. now play in the world that we now know it is. Where these women are evolved and they've learned and they've grown. (laughs) Maybe. Supposedly. Maybe. Um,
2: so fast. You all are going to have the opportunity. All right. We got two questions. We got two yes, questions. But...
3: Jesus Christ. I. This is all the wrong outfit. I mean, it's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Don't get me wrong. It but. is
2: so cute though. For the Graham girl, I got to go with Who's it. Who's getting
3: my TikTok? Someone put me on TikTok. <laughs> all right. This is my thing now. It's what I say now. I'm like TikTok. Hey, how you guys doing? TikTok? <laughs> There's gonna be another platform
2: tomorrow and I'm it will be like another i mean we're on number five we started well i started with myspace so that's yeah like, no, that's same. sad same. <laughs> um i want to bring into to this because on top of the fact that you assemble this incredible writing staff producing staff directing staff everyone involved in the show just has gone on to do incredible things and did incredible things on the show but you also get to every black woman in Hollywood to come and men. and, li- and yeah. men to come and like guest star. Yeah. We have RuPaul's Drag Race. We have Angela Bassett. We have black royalty, stars and stripes in between. Yeah. And it begs the question, there's gotta be like some black lady, like elite guests that Janet you would Jackson. want. That's Janet Jackson, oh, okay. So tell me about the courtship of Janet Jackson. Cause I also I have it begun, one.
3: It hasn't begun, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> being secretive about it I'm super secretive about the show and I won't give away spoilers and when people ask me I don't tell them shit we don't put up pictures when we're in production like y'all never know when we're shooting the show but I would imagine if anyone's good at math people like when's the show coming back and I'm like "Mm, you can kind of figure it out we come back at the same time every year now but um but uh, guest stars I'm always like I don't know who will it be and this year I'm like Janet Jackson (laughs) I want Janet Jackson very badly and I don't know, we'll see. I just figure if I say it everywhere I go, then. I
2: mean, honestly, I've, you, I didn't. It's like TikTok, thank TikTok, you, TikTok. yes. Just put it on TikTok, actually. I need you all to help
3: me. Like, start a hashtag, Janet Jackson on ABLSS.
2: Yes, black get, lady sketch, yeah, Janet Jackson. We need we to get her. a good hashtag. We OK, those yeah. people better at we hashtags, neither. figure out a great one. Yeah, figure out a better that, one than the incom- one I just did. <laughs>
3: Guys, hashtag get Janet Jackson on a black lady sketch show on HBO, also airing <laughs> on HBO Max. Just tag that, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's fine. Um, we did this to Viola Davis, actually.
2: I know, I was gonna say, it's already had success. And so she
3: uh, has it, because she won't do the show. But, <laughs> well, she but knows no, here's the thing. She's a super fan of the show. Yeah. She's so kind. She shares your stuff. Like, how No, her, Denzel, like all these people are so kind. They love the show. They support it publicly and privately. And they just, they're not gonna do it. Like, they're just not gonna do it.
2: And that's okay,
3: you know? Okay. That's okay, that's okay, that's it okay. Was, But no. Janet, I
2: feel like, might do it. But there's a lot of notice me sympa energy in the sense that you at least got them to be like, like Viola, I think, at least being like, oh, well, that's great. I'm Honestly. No, today, it's not
3: even, oh, well, that's great. It's like, I love this show, this show
2: is great. Like, she's so sweet. I mean, I love, I guess, the idea of like, I don't think there's a sketch where she would be in it and be able to keep a straight face. Like, I could not- No, they not... all do. <laughs> because I edit <laughs>
3: the only person I could not edit around was Gabrielle Union.
2: Really? Okay. So she
3: was laughing the whole schedule. And it was great, it was really cute. It was actually perfect.
2: Okay, before we get to Gabby though, I just have a suggestion though. Love suggestions. Meghan Markle. I don't know if One she's of my dear funny. friends. I don't know if she's funny, but I would love to see her just have she'll a She'll never day. do it. I will she never- She can't, do
3: it. she can't. That's a bad look. I, like, they, like I'm sure she can't. I know, but, I mean, I'll ask her again. I talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, no. We went to school together. I, One of my I dear know, friends. Know, I've known like, her since well before y'all knew her. I yeah. know, I know. Okay. I yeah, saw yeah. you. I
2: saw yeah. I saw you at the the What? The, no, I the, wasn't. The the, the um Where? The like no, a... I wasn't. No.
3: <laughs> you did not see me
2: anywhere with no, Megan Markle as No, Not princess. with Meghan Markle, but oh. I saw didn't you have like a thing where you were talking about your friendship like in an interview? Maybe I doubt it. No? I doubt it. I don't really you do don't that. Tell her? Tell her? Well, this is news? Breaking. What do you mean? Like, like I'm saying, your friendship with Megan Markle. No, if I people mean... ask me, I'll acknowledge it. Because I'm not gonna
3: deny my friend. What am I, breaking? Judith?
2: Are we breaking news right
3: now? No, no, no. <laughs> we're not we're, no, we're not breaking news. No, 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 we're not breaking news. No, no, no. Sorry, oh, sorry. Like... <laughs> no, but I gave you the Janet scoop. Yeah, the I gave Janet, you the Janet scoop. The
2: Janet, Steve, <laughs> I'm with it. Okay. I'm yeah. With you so on that once
3: one. we figure out the hashtag and put it on TikTok, it'll be done. <laughs> it'll be good. All
2: right. right, I'm gonna throw it to you guys. If you can, you're not Mike, so I'm gonna have to repeat it. But does anyone have any questions? The room
3: is six feet wide. Why are I know.
2: You? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go back here. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, when you guys were on the couch, you were talking about filling up your room and
0: with quality
3: people and you couldn't find them and your agents weren't doing it, so you were going out and doing it
0: yourself. I'm yep. just wondering, That's true. has that changed in the last couple nope. of years? No. You're still doing it, yep. and I'm hoping
3: you fire that person. No, it's not their fault. It's an industry problem. All the agencies, especially when I reach out for upper-level writers, like head writers, they're like, we have one, and she's on another show. And so it's really frustrating. Um, it's a s- systemic problem in the business. Um, it's also a problem with promotion in the business. The WGA... Uh, post uh, their their, uh, findings for studies every year about the levels of people of color, specifically specifically black writers. We watch as the progressions in um, uh, levels go up, and the numbers of black people drop significantly. Women are doing much better. Women are 50% or more in all levels now, which is great. But black people and native writers and Latinx writers are actually doing better, but can still use more. Asian writers can still, Use more, but black writers by and large after like executive story editor we just disappear mm-hmm. so you know i'm the only <laughs> sketch show runner black woman sketch show runner in history yeah. um and continue to be um in traditional sketch you know so that's wild i don't like just being here by myself i want to ask people questions like well, what did you do when this happened so yeah no it's still a problem but it's it's systemic It's systemic these agencies or they'll have black women comedy showrunners but they're um they just don't know anything about sketch which is fair you know this has been a very white male dominated industry um but you know i'm trying to groom them from my room as as we go and all of our i always say people are shopping ashley nicole black actually said this in an interview too um i just steal all her quotes but um she said ABLSS is where people go to shop So they go and like steal all of our, like, they try to, our crew, but our crew's like, we're not going anywhere. But our writers, they take every season. And I always tell our writers, even if they're super green, I'm like, yeah, you'll be a co EP after you get nominated here and then leave, you know. um, Knock on wood, we still get those nominations but um but even without that the prestige of the show is like so I appreciate that that we're training that next generation and they they get agents because they come to the show the great thing about black women is when our packet goes out we get hundreds of submissions because they all send to their friends who aren't at agencies yeah um so the new writers I think we hired three new ones this year and I don't think any of them uh one was wrapped in two were not and, uh, and one r- of them just
2: got repped, yeah, before she even got in the room, so, yeah. I want to, like, I'm going to translate some of the, for folks that don't know oh, about this craziness. No, no, but it's, like, uh, most people would know, but a uh, writer booking a gig before they get repped, it is literally an Emmy winning show show like that. You have to understand the faith and trust that this woman's team and that team is putting in that because that's all they're looking for is they just want somebody to check box, oh, they got an Emmy, cool. And it's almost like they're just assembling it like you would a car.
3: It's true, but I also leave them better than when they came. You're gonna be a much better writer. This is a very hard show to write for. We write hundreds of sketches in 10 to 13 weeks and like, they are writing sketches and punching sketches every day. It's yeah. not easy. It's not easy at all. But I'm like, you can do anything for 13 weeks, and you will leave here and get to go to some you know, very cushy scripted show where you, you know, get a great title. So yeah. You
2: know, yeah. Anyway. And it is a crucible that, uh, again, the proof is in the pudding for how many writers have gone on to other projects. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we, my god. Are we <laughs> talk about Black Ashley. Day? Flight you know,
3: attendant. Ashley on Ted Lasso, yes. on creating her own show. You know, yes. all this. And stuff you guys don't even know about yet that they have coming out, which were like <sighs> huge. Yeah. Um, so, all right, I'm gonna answer faster because I know. We're no, no, lot it's great. Right just back, back here in the glasses. Yes.
0: I I did a late night show here in Austin mm-hmm. on public access. I had a lot of people on the show that I would interview mm-hmm. and what when I whenever I asked was well, is there a support system in Hollywood for other black people, it's like mm-hmm. do y'all support each other? Mm-hmm. The answer was always no. My question was that change. That was one
3: of my questions. Uh, that's never been my experience. Yeah. I don't know her. And yeah. I but I, you know, I, I'm great at picking friends. So no, I mean, <laughs> I came up with Issa and Justin Simeon and Lena Way and like all these people who were like literally running unemployment scams. I'm not going to tell you which one of them was. But like, no. Like we came up broke together and we all rose together and there's more of us coming. So no, I don't find
2: and that. You know what I'm looking for these networking groups and I still don't know where to
3: Well, I never had a networking group. I mean, we just, I would meet women at auditions, comedians, I was doing a lot of live sketch. They would come to the shows, I would go to their shows, you know, that kind of thing. And then we just kind of met people through whatever. I I met most people through work and then because of that, then they would invite me to stuff and then I would meet people. I think you just gotta kind of, but I always say network at your level. Don't try to like, like people be like, you say find your tribe, can I be in your tribe? And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So, um, you know what I mean? But like, find people at your level who have done similar things. And then you guys all rise together and you work together and you read each other's scripts and you pitch each other ideas before you take them out and that kind of thing. Um, because then there's a real friendship there, yes. you know, but networking groups and networking, I, I don't know. I think, <laughs> honestly, it's about getting the job. Focus on getting the work and you'll meet your community.
2: And I mean, it's, I
3: know it's not very satisfying Yeah. i on show, it's all good.
2: Well then what the
3: fuck are you asking me? <laughs> I know. It's, hard. it's hard. Yeah. That
0: what show are you on? Grace now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the post production department. I'm the post production supervisor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Megan, talk to her. That's the woman that runs my company. We need to talk. We need to talk.
2: i want to get somebody from this side. There's Anybody? a black
3: woman you're about to meet right there.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: she real light skinned, but she's black. Don't worry. She's black. <laughs>
2: I hear that. Megan's gonna kill me.
3: She's gonna kill me. She's a Philly. She's gonna kill me. She's gonna
2: kill me. Okay. Like, yes, like, hi. Yes. Right here, yes. So my question is, comedy is really hard because it depends on how the audience interprets it and reads it. So my question is, how do you develop your philosophy about balancing what the audience is going to get versus what you are putting out? Oh, that's a very, very good. easy question. Yeah, I do. Um, uh, wait, one one second. Let me repeat it. Oh, the sorry. Yeah. So she was basically asking how you balance audience expectations and perceptions to what you're trying to put forth. And they're kind of their understanding of it, right? Like,
3: yeah, I don't. HBO told me day one, don't explain and make it exactly you know what you want to make it. So. Um, I think for me, audiences are not stupid and they are excited when they see things. I think about Rami, you know, that show on who my friend was just doing a stand-up and they created that show and it's so good. It's like so different from most people's cultural experience in America, right? Like you really got this humanizing side of the Muslim community and like, and somebody like him who's really funny, but like quirky and weird. I just think it's always one of those really perfect examples or like chewing gum when Michaela Coel first came out and all that stuff, right? So. Um, I think the best shows don't explain to the audience, but invite you in for the experience. And so that was what our point of view was, is like, you're gonna be welcomed in, you're gonna hear a lot of things you probably have never heard before on the show, Um, and then you might Google them or whatever, you might get them by osmosis, or they might go over your head, but you're gonna leave better, with a better understanding of kind of the community and the culture. And so that that is what I think we focused on more so is making it so authentic and so specific that it could be universal, if that mm. makes sense. I think specific comedy is universal because you know the rhythm of it. I was doing an interview with somebody in Prague. I th- no, not Prague, Poland? Mm. Something with a P, (laughs) but a very white place. And I was like, there's no way you guys get this show. And she goes, we don't. But she said that they, um, the cadence of the characters and especially Dr. Hadassah that they really get because they can understand the cadence of it and the repetition and the callbacks and that kind of stuff. So I think you just start at the basis of that comedy is a universal language for me, for sketch, right? I think it's a little different in scripted. I think you have to um, provide the world and the explanation for all the world a little bit more in
2: scripted. I mean, that's one of the reasons why like Monty Python was so popular. That was such very specific British humor yeah. in so many ways. But yeah, I remember laughing at it. I didn't understand why it right, was funny. Right, but I knew right, that that's what the beats right, were. And right. yeah, again. Um, let's go right here. Yes. So my question
0: is, if you're working in the industry and you're trying to become a creative,
2: like you're working, because basically I work in the production
3: office right now. Do y'all know each other? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> to network at it. <laughs> 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 um, but I'm gonna find you some in. people.
0: You're <laughs> not necessarily consider yourself a writer. Like I can write, but I don't
3: consider myself a writer. Why not? I don't know. Have you ever written anything? I have. You're a writer. <laughs> You think we get some sort of, I mean, I have a degree, I mean, I have a degree in journalism, but I don't have a degree in sketch comedy. Then I'll just answer
0: my own question then. So just
3: trying to get into one of the writer's rooms to be able to work your way up. Would you be willing to be a writer's assistant? Yes. Great. So just let everyone you know know that. Let us know that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in L.A.? <laughs> okay, a lot of writer's assistants can be virtual now, actually, that's the benefit of virtual rooms. But yeah, you know what I would also do, you know what I would also do? Tell me if this is a bad idea or not, (laughs) what do you think, what do you think if she emailed all the agencies and said, I'm a black woman, I want to be a writer's assistant, I'm happy to work virtual, and I have production experience, would that be stupid or no? No, I think
1: that's a great
3: idea, that's how we get get a lot of names, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I did one of these panels recently where someone gave some great advice and I'll pass it along yes, and it please. was go get fifty nos. Go get fifty oh, no's for lovely. jobs that you want to have. Yeah. Your goal is to Love get that. fifty nos. And what happens is you after get you, a yes you, will, you will get a something. yes yeah. by twenty-five, yeah. but you're still gonna be getting nos and you've done networking, yeah. you've told people this is what your intention is. Yeah. And no matter what it is if your goal is the nose, you don't get discouraged by getting them because you have right. to get to 50.
3: Here's the other thing you can do. Google all the showrunners of the shows that you would want to work on and then find out where they're, rep- where they're represented. You can get that on IMDb yeah. and then um, and then email their agent and say, I know you rep so-and-so. I really wanna be a writer's assistant. Here's my resume, you know, if you wouldn't mind passing along. And if you do that for a hundred people. Like legitimately, run. like I'm not yeah. saying
2: that everything is gonna work out, but the cool yeah. thing is, is at that 50, Time after time, you yeah. at least perfected getting a good answer, and you perfected yeah. how to pitch it. You're on a better. Here's situation. the thing
3: too: you can lie. Like if you call WME, <laughs> like if they have a the WME has a general number, you're not gonna get the name or the e- the email. Like, but you've got the agent's name. Yeah. Be like, oh, I need to get. Uh, can I get connected to someone's office? You can yeah. just call WME. Yeah. And they'll connect you to their assistant and be like, hey, I just wanted to send along a resume for so-and-so and and somebody, I know the showrunner is represented by this agency, is that okay that I do that? And then you're on the up and up. You're not being shady about it. You're not like, oh, I have a referral. You're not doing that. You're being on the up and up. And they might be like, no. But like, honestly, they're probably not going to be like, and tell them you're black. (laughs) I mean, look, it's not an affirmative action thing, but it's, like, these places, a lot of them are scared to hire black writers, um, but they're not scared to hire black support staff, and that's how you work your way up, and I know we promote from within, we just promoted our old writer's assistant to writer this year, so, um, not because she was black, because they all are. (laughs) (laughs) Because she was good, you know, you still got to be good. You got to back it up. Yeah. So don't do all that and then be bad. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and on that note, don't be bad. Honestly, we're in school. Really
3: hard. Never think you're better than the role. That's what I always tell people. Like, there's people that are like, I'm a writer's assistant now, but I want to be a writer, so I don't want to do this more than one season. Well, guess what? Seasons are now like 13 weeks or yeah. like 10 weeks or 20 weeks. It's like it's not a lot of time. To be a writer's assistant on four or five shows if they're quick rooms, is not the end of the world. And don't get in your mind about that and like, you know. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Because we find that a lot. We yeah. find that a lot. And it's like, well, maybe you're not ready. Or the, the opportunities don't come. to. It, it, this business will make you feel like the opportunities come to everybody
2: but you yeah. and fast. fast. Yeah. And it's just not true. Yeah. It's just
3: not true. And,
2: and wanting to get put on doesn't mean that you can like, turn down the way of getting put on.
3: Correct. And what? you also <laughs> can't say, I want to get put on. I'm telling you, the biggest mistake is when people go, um, what do you want out of this job? And they answer, this is the biggest mistake. They answer I just really want to learn and I want to get things out of this why would I hire you because you want to get things out of this <laughs> I need shit from you <laughs> what are you going to give me I am not paying you know you're not paying me I'm paying you so don't be like I just want to learn great cute what are you going to do in the job so when someone says what do you want to get out of this I want to work really hard so that your day is easier and I can learn in the process you can say that I want to learn in the process but I want to do that by plugging all the holes you have now so that your days are shorter. If you say that to somebody who's hiring you, honey, you gonna get fired all day, every day. All All day,
2: every day. We do have to end because you have more things to do. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Told, me. I was to told that we had to go. Thank um, okay, you Okay, this is great. Listen, Thank it's a thousand degrees in here.
3: You guys are very sweet for this. I hope that some of this helped. The one thing I do want to say about pitching, because I think we were talking about that too, is that you've got to find the thing that only you can write and that only you can make. And I know everybody tells you that, and that is really hard. But think about the things that bring you un- Fettered joy. Think about the things that don't feel like work and find a way to make that product. It's difficult, a lot of things are out there. There There's 600 television shows on the air, but there's not the thing that you can tell. And then beyond that, once you tell that thing, people are like, well, then what do I tell And I'm like, listen, I don't know. I'm just trying to get you the first show. (laughs) But, But I know it's hard and I know it's about who you know. The trick is to not seem desperate. And that is so hard when you are. <laughs> and I know that because I was for many years, but let me at least stand in front of you as the example of someone who for seven years could not get in a writer's room, who for 15, 16 strong years, you all had no fucking idea who I was. Um, and there are so many who don't, but um, people think I just got here when I got to HBO. Clearly that's not the case because HBO doesn't just do that, but, um, but they will constantly underestimate you. They will constantly um, um, undervalue you. And the thing I tell my staff and my writers of day one is you've been underestimated everywhere else. That stops today. It stops from the outside, but it also needs to stop from the inside. Right? So anyway, um, take those things. And even if you're not where you feel like you should be, You're exactly where you should be, and there's joy in that, and there's honor in that, and there's pride in that. And I think we all think, well, if I don't have an Emmy, I'm nothing in this business. And I've been guilty of that for years, especially when your friends start getting them. (laughs) Um, But then you realize that they're just magnetizing it to you you know, when you're in that group and all of that stuff is happening. So everyone else's win is a win for you. And your story is super valuable, even if a million people tell you it's not. Truly, truly, truly. People told me I could not make a a black lady centric only um, sketch show for years. They told me that for years that no one, it was too niche, it was too, you know, if it doesn't have men or white people or whatever, like no one's gonna buy it. And that was true for many years until it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. You know, so just, it's really hard. It's really hard and it feels like I don't know the right people and whatever, whatever. But it just takes the one to start the domino chain. And it will happen. It will happen. Last thing I'll say, Tisha Campbell told me this 18 years ago, she said, just be the last bitch in Hollywood and you will make it because they'll have to hire you. Um, That's not a great quote, something like that. She did say bitch in it, which made me laugh. But I was like 24 and she was like, just be the last one standing. If you're still here, they have to live. Well, you're still here, come on.
2: I appreciate that. So just still be there. Still be there. Um, <laughs> <your last one. laughs> Big round of applause to ATX Television Festival to Robin Theed. Thank and to you, Jacqueline. You. Did you oh. call me Theed? Yeah, Theed, 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 Theed. Y'all know it's Theed, right? Thede, okay, Thede.
3: Thede. all right. Thede. Spread the gospel. Do not have people calling me Theed. No, Theed, I did I hate it. it. Thank you for looking at my vagina. Everybody have a great (laughs) festival. Thank you.
1: You have been listening to the TV Campfire podcast hosted by ATX TV co-founders, Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarland
0: and produced and edited by Sarah Light. This conversation was recorded live at ATX TV Festival season 11 in Austin, Texas between June 2nd and 5th, 2022. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX
1: Festival or visit atxfestival.com.